Second Peter chapter three, verse number 18, and it reads as follows. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for your word that we have to learn from, that we have it to inspire us, that we have it to encourage us, to push us forward, to learn more about you, to grow more in you, to love you more, to do all those things, Lord. Be with me now as I try to share that message, you know, make my words, you know, better than any word I could say. Trust in you, Lord, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So last time, I spoke a little bit about what are the basic fundamentals of our faith, the basics of being a Christian, that if this church had a written doctrinal statement, what would it be? And I put out five key points. And as I said last time, I'd hope that, you know, the message would be like ho-hum, boring, we've heard it all before, obvious, dumb, waste of time. But believe it or not, and there's a reason why I give these messages, because that's what I thought. I thought that people needed to hear this. And some of you actually gave feedback that said, yes, it was good to hear, you know, a recap of the fundamentals, of the basics. And some people wanted more on the fundamentals and the basics. But my guess, my guess, based on the very, very many of you that I did not hear from, is that hopefully a lot of you guys didn't hear from you because it was, you know, okay, I heard this before, I know this, I, I, it's not a big deal. We don't need a whole class on this or whatever. So, you know, if some of you folks are interested in having a detailed class on this, the fundamentals, the basics, as I said, you could lose that, look at each bullet point and do like easily half an hour, an hour on each. There's so much in the Bible on all these topics. We talk about it quite a bit, quite a bit. But instead of doing that, I think just as a you know, kind of middle ground, we'll do another highlight tour of what I would call the second set of basics. This is the second set of basics that we have that every Christian should understand, every Christian should know once you have the first fundamentals down, right? And like I said, same things, same things we're going to talk about today. We probably could talk about it for a long, long time, a lot more. If you're interested in doing a lot more, let me know. Maybe we'll have like a separate class on this. Maybe we'll have like after church Bible study or something like that. Or maybe I'll post something online and you can listen to it if you want to hear the in-depth, detailed information on all these topics or whatever. But I figured, well, we don't want to bore everyone for those of you guys who know it all already, right? And how can I say this with confidence? Because I know I myself sometimes sit in the audience and when I hear Melvin or Nathan talk about something they said a million times already, I feel like I know it all, right? And I get bored too, right? So I you know. Nothing wrong with that either. It's good. It's good that you guys know these things or whatever. Know the basics. Know the fundamentals. But today will be one of those days, I guess. We'll, we'll circle back, talk about something simple, talk about something basic, and hopefully those of you guys who aren't so firm on it get a better grasp, and those of you guys who are already firm on it will uh, be encouraged to keep on doing it and encouraged to help others do it, right? So fundamentals of faith, part two. Unexpected, but, you know, I feel like doing it, right? So last time we put out, like I said, the five main doctrinal points that if you're a Christian, you've got to understand these things. And we'll recap them quickly. Number one, there is a God, right? There is a powerful, all-powerful, all-knowing, perfect uh, God in three forms, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, right? That's basic, right? If, I, if you don't have that, then I can't help you, right? That's, a, that's the most fundamental thing, right? Like, if you don't believe in God, ah, we, we, we need a completely different conversation, right? 
So hopefully, hopefully everyone here in this audience, and I'm pretty sure everyone here in this audience today, you believe in God, that, that God exists, right? That's point one. Point two, the Bible, God's word right here in this book, is the literal and errant word of God, right? So we believe there's a God and that he has a book, and this is his book, and if he's perfect, his words are perfect. Number three, third point, humans were created by God, but by choice fell into sin, and the sin leads to punishment, right? It's only logical. Everyone knows this. You do something bad, there's a punishment, right? So we sin against God, there's a punishment for us, and sadly, it is an eternal punishment, an eternal horrible punishment in the lake of fire. But point number four, point number four, Jesus Christ, who is God's own son, was our substitute, right? He sacrificed himself for our sins, and through his death on the cross and his resurrection three days later, he took away our sins if we're willing to accept him, right? So that's the, the fourth point. We believe that Jesus, God's own son, he did that for us. And the fifth point, the fifth point, salvation is through faith in Jesus alone. Faith in Jesus alone. So how, how do we accept Jesus' sacrifice? By simply believing in it. It's that simple. It's not complicated. It's not hard. It does not require years of, uh, of study and analysis of the Bible. It's very simple. It's very simple. Just by saying, God, I believe Jesus died on the cross to take away my sins. As simple as that. There's no action tied to it. No good works tied to it. It's just a matter of faith. As I pointed out last time, it's as simple as this. Do you have the faith, the confidence enough to, to answer this question? What, do you know that if you died today, would you go to heaven because Jesus took away your sins? And if your answer is yes, you have that faith. Easy as that. If your answer is no, then you don't have that faith, right? Or if your answer is I don't know, then I don't know if you have that faith. You know, that's a, that's a question you've got to seek your own heart, right? If your answer is yes, then you know, aha, I've got that saving faith, right? And that's the reason why we offer up these salvation prayers so much in case there's someone here in this audience that still has that question mark in their heart that maybe I believe in Jesus. Maybe that's right. No, we want you to feel confident to know that it is definitely right that by accepting Christ as your Savior, you have everlasting salvation. So those are the basics, the most fundamental, the starting point that if you don't even have those things, you are nowhere, right? But I hope after last time when I spoke on it for so long that everyone at least has reached that point, right? That you've got these fundamentals down, you understand it, you know it, you believe in it, you've got it, right? But that's just the foundation. That's just the foundation we all need to have. But you guys all know, well, maybe you guys don't know, maybe you're not construction people, but generally, even though I'm not a construction person, I know this. When you build a house, you start with the foundation, right? But you don't stop there, right? If your house is just the foundation, you could not live in it, right? It'd just be a slab. You gotta build on that foundation, right? It doesn't end there. Likewise, our faith starts with these fundamental truths. The ones I started last time, the ones I just summarized right now. Those five fundamental truths, right? But it doesn't end there, right? <coughs> our faith isn't just, ah, we've got Jesus, the end. No, actually, that's just the beginning. That's where we start. From then, 
we build the rest, right? Just like you'd build your house. You had the foundation. Ah, now you got to build the rest of it, right? You got to build the framing, the walls, the roof, and all that kind of stuff. And if we had time, we'd go on for weeks and weeks and weeks, and maybe we'd talk about all the basics to build up the whole house. But today, I'm going to talk about the next three basic things, right? The next three basic things that we build on the foundation. Maybe we would call this like the framing, right? Last time was the foundation. This is the framing, right? That I think, what is the next step, right? You say, hey, I got saved, right? I believe in God. I believe in Jesus Christ, right? Jesus Christ, he took away my sins forever. No one can take that away from me now. I get that. I understand that. What's next? I would say these three things are the next step right and once again these are not a surprise you're not going to hear a shocking answer you're not going to hear something revolutionary or different in fact this is the same answer the bible has given way way back for 2000 years right and it goes like this right if we're going to build on the foundation we need what we need to number one go to church number two Pray to God. Number three, read your Bible. Simple. You heard it a million times, right? You know, we've been doing this, starting off on this. Some of you guys who you teach in the middle school church and the junior church, we're starting off on this once again with the new semester and new Chinese school people. And that's part of what made me think about this and inspired me to say a little about this. Because I went in there the other time to speak to them or talk to them a little about. And it's interesting, right, that you go in there with brand new folks, not 54 of them, I guess. Not everyone was in that class. But, you know, many of them, right, in that class. And when you start talking about prayer, I just stop and think for a second, right, and say, hey, 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 let me back up and say, what is even prayer? Because maybe there's some of these Chinese folks who have never heard of prayer in their life. They have no idea what is prayer, how you do it. So these type of basics, sometimes, you know, it is worth it to just back up and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are we talking about? Because we say it so much, right? You heard it in a million messages. Oh, don't forget to pray. Don't forget to read your Bible or whatever, right? But what about the details of this? How do we build our foundation? How do we ourselves approach this, right? And you hear so much about this stuff, but what about the basic? So we talked a little bit about these type of basics today for these three things, which hopefully you guys already know and already do. So, so have a daily walk with God after all. Daily walk with Him. And it starts, number one, with going to church. It's the most basic thing we do as a Christian, right? If you're saved, believe in Jesus, the first thing I would recommend anyone to do is do you have a church? Do you go to a church? Do you have a church community? That would be my number one recommendation to anyone who says that, you know, I'm saved, right? Because if we want to have a relationship with God, right? The same God that gave us salvation and Jesus and all this stuff like that. The number one thing we do is spend time with that God, right? God's supposed to be our heavenly father, right? Well, think about our own earthly father, right? The fathers you have here on earth. My dad, your dad, right? If you want to have a relationship with your dad, what is the number one thing you got to do? You actually got to spend time with him, right? You can say that you love your dad, whatever. Oh, speak all these flowery words about how great your dad is. But if you cannot motivate yourself that you go and see your dad, visit them, visit them at their house or whatever, say hi every once in a while, 
Do you really have much relationship? Do you really, are you really showing any love toward your dad? The answer is no, right? You don't have a relationship with someone that you never see. That's true with any kind of relationship, right? Look at your friends and stuff, right? How do you know who's your good friend or not? Your good friend is the one that will show up for you, right? <coughs> when you need help, your friend is there, right? It's by your side. If he's a good friend, you show up for them, right? They need help, you're there for them. Or they have an event, you show up there, right? Or even if they don't have an event, you just show up anyways. You guys are friends. You spend time with each other. If we want to grow our relationship with God, the first step, the most elementary step, is to spend time with God. It says in the Bible a couple things, right? It says this, it says uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, now you are the body of Christ and members in particular, right? This church is the body of Christ and we're all members of that body of Christ. First Thessalonians 5.11 says this, wherefore comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even also ye do. The important thing about going to church and growing our Christian walk is that we have to be plugged into this body. We have to be plugged into this church community. That's the reason why I'd advise anyone that you got to go to a church. Why? Because you can't just do it on your own. It's so hard to do it on your own. Imagine, i give you this book, any book, right? I'd give you a book like in, in school, right? I'd give you this biology book. I'd say, go learn this biology. That's be tough, right? You're just going to read, give me this 900-page uh, book read through it and figure out what biology is all about, right? That'd be tough for anyone, right? Not saying it's impossible. I'm sure some people could do it, right? But it'd be hard. Most people, what they do instead, if they want to learn biology, what do they do? They go to school. Oh, there's a teacher. They teach you biology. You still have to read the book, right? But you have the teacher that helps you along. What happens if even the teacher's not good enough? Well, you guys went to school. You guys know in college people, you know what you do, right? There's like study groups. Oh, I can go to study group. I don't get this biology. The study group will help me. There's a TA who will help me, right? Oh, I can go to uh, tutoring, right? There's all these different things. You don't just force yourself to say, I'm going to learn this biology book all by myself. Folks, our relationship with God is the same way. You know, I'm sure someone out there can figure out on their own and read this whole Bible and learn it all. But I doubt there's not that many people that in the world. Most people are like you and me. We need to be bombarded by it sometimes, right? You come to church, you hear the word of God from me, from Nathan and Melvin up here. Sure, that's part of it, but that's not enough, right? You have a whole community of people here supporting you and helping you. At least that's the idea. The idea is that you have people on their left and the right of you sitting all around you in this audience that are here supporting you, helping you, that if you need, a, need help with the word, they can help you. If you need help in prayer, they can help you. If you need help in life, they can help you. If you need guidance, if you need counseling, you need whatever it is. This church is supposed to be that. We're supposed to be one body working together. That's the imagery, right? You can't just say, oh, I'm just going to rip off my arm now. I don't need it anymore, right? No. We're all together, all part of it. We need this arm. We need this eye. We need this ear. We need this whole body to work together. It's not something you just do by yourself. So when there is a struggle, when there is a problem, when there is a question, when there is anything, we're to rely on each other. So in that sense, 
for people that say, oh, yes, I already know this. I go to church every week, right, or whatever. At least this lesson is for you guys, too. So say, sure, great. You guys have reached that point. You guys know this. Are you giving back to the community, right? It says that we're supposed to together comfort each other, edify one another, right? We're supposed to be in the same path together, working toward, striving toward being more Christ-like. You know, it's great that we're here. You guys have shown up already. As people always say, showing up is 99% already, right? You guys are already miles ahead of the people that don't show up, right? If you don't show up, you're already going down the wrong path. We're talking about fundamentals and basics. I'll just say it like this, to be, be simple and frank, that if you don't show up, you're not doing the basics, right? There's no one who can say that, yes, I am a healthy, growing uh, Christian, but I never go to church. That doesn't make sense. You don't have the foundation. You don't have the framing in your building, right? You're not building your building right because you're missing this important part. You're missing the community. You're missing the community, both being part of it and receiving the benefit of it and also being one that gives back to the community. So how do we approach going to church? Beyond the obvious, which is showing up, which you guys already get an A-plus on because all of you guys are here already, right? Number one, I think it's important to pray about the church, right? To get yourself in the mode ready for Sunday mornings, to pray like, you know, dear God, just in the morning. Quick prayer, even one sentence, right? Get me ready for church this morning, right? That you have the heart, the spirit, ready to listen, to learn, to serve, to do whatever you need to do. You know, you guys have your own things, right? Whatever it is. Whether it be like helping out in the Chinese school or in Sunday school or just being in the audience right here, just talking to friends, whatever it is. Pray for readiness. That is a blessing. That, you know, everything is a blessing on this Sunday morning, right? Need your prayers. And number two, by being active in the church community, in whatever it is. The worst thing you can do is show up and then leave, right? Show up and leave. <laughs> that's, that's doing the bare, 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 bare minimum, right? That's saying, okay, you said show up to church, God. I showed up for literally right until the bell rings and then I'm gone, right? Because that's not being part of the church community either. That's called I listened to a message and then I left, right? Well, what difference is it between listening to the message and leaving then if you, you know, got a recording of the message and you sat at home on your sofa and you listened to it? That's about the same, right? You know? But that's not the way it goes, right? That's not the way it goes. Instead, the point of God making us want to go out to church is to be part, an active part, of everything going around at church. Even if it doesn't, even if it's not, oh, I teach in Chinese school or Sunday school or whatever, right? It could be something as simple as saying hi to your neighbor, being able to pray for your neighbor here, the person sitting next to you. What's the reason why we always say, shake your hands with your neighbor, say good morning? The hope is that you know everybody, right? At the very least, now you know so-and-so's name, that you're not shy to talk to them. You've shaken their hands before, right? That you have a relationship with your fellow brother and sister in Christ. That's what it's all about. That's what it's building up our relationship with God, building up our church community, building up our Christian growth. So number one, number one, 
We walk daily with God by going to church. And so many things, I think, flow, flow from that. Like number two, second point. Number two, pray to God daily. Pray to God daily. Another not shocking, another very obvious answer, right? It's one of the most basic things we can do every day to grow our relationship with God. We talk to him. Once again, thinking about our own father and our relationship with our father, right? You know, if you go to visit your dad, it doesn't mean anything if you don't say anything, right? You got to talk to your dad. That's how you have a relationship with your family member. In fact, that's true of a relationship with anyone, right? If you had a friend, you want a friend that you can talk to, right? You can say things to. Whatever you need to say, a good friend is someone you can say stuff to, right? And likewise, if we want to be a good friend with God, and we want to know God, and have a relationship with God, we've got to be able to talk to God. And we talk to God through prayer. That's why prayer is so important and so fundamental and so basic. It is so basic. It's why if you go to the middle church, you listen to the messages there, they speak about prayer for like a whole month in a row. That's how serious they are about teaching prayer. We talk about prayer one week, second week, third week, fourth week. The idea is that we want people to pray. Prayer is that important. God says what in 1 Thessalonians 5.17? Pray without ceasing. God says what in John 14, 14? It says, if ye ask anything in my name, I will do it. Folks, we are supposed to pray to God without ceasing. We pray to God all the time, right? Pray to God in Jesus' name. You know, someone, people, people ask, why do we say in Jesus' name then? Because that's what God says in the Bible, right? We're supposed to ask for things in his name, and he will do it, right? That's the idea. We want to have a good relationship with God. We will talk to him to be able to reach out with our words, with our words to him. And he'll listen. And he'll know us. And he'll hear us. And that is the most fundamental, basic, whatever, right? We could talk for hours and hours about, oh, what are you supposed to pray for? And blah, 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 all that kind of other stuff, which they talk about in middle church and all these other things. And if you guys are interested in that, we can talk more about that. Certainly, certainly. But here's just the most basic. The most basic thing is you got to do it, right? You got to do it. So how are we supposed to approach actually doing it? Right? How do we actually approach the actual doing of prayer? Well, the first thing is, and this is something I teach, like I said, we were teaching the middle just about not that long ago. You know, your posture, your location, all that kind of stuff, it does not matter. It does not matter. You can pray to God anywhere, anytime, anyhow. Do you have to get down on your knees? No. Do you have to... Uh, do you have to, uh, you know, put your head down? No. Right? We tell people, you know, especially the little kids, like, oh, bow your head and close your eyes. Because we don't have to do crazy stuff, right? While we're all praying, we want them to be focused. But do you have to do all that stuff? No. You can pray with your eyes open. You can pray while you're walking down the street. You can pray while you're driving your car. You can pray anywhere. The most important thing is that you do it. Right? That's what we try to convince people, right? And convince everybody and tell people. Uh, when we're doing the middle messages, and now we're telling the same thing for all you guys, right? The key is that you actually do it, right? Not think about, oh, I must get into, you know, my holy spot and kneel down and whatever. No, 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 no. God is everywhere. God hears everywhere. God knows everywhere. It's just about doing it. 
The important thing is not some outside posture or, uh, or visual thing or whatever. The most important thing is about our insides, our heart, our attitude, our attitude. It's how are we in our hearts when we approach our time of prayer with God. That's what God really cares about and looks at, right? It's just like having a conversation with a friend. How superficial is it? Do you talk to your friend and the only thing you ever say is, boy, the weather is nice today, isn't it? Right? And that's the end of your conversation, right? And that's not much of a conversation, right? That's just like what people call idle small talk, right? That's not reflective of any real relationship you have with a friend if that's all you talk about, right? Now, we approach prayer with an attitude to our God of reverence, as if we're talking to the Almighty God. Oh, talking to, talking to, to God now. Let me get serious. Let me get ready to talk to God. Right? We talk to him with a sense of earnestness. God, I'm willing to share with you everything in my life. Right? That's the relationship I want to have with you, God. I'm sharing everything with you. I want to have this attitude of faithfulness when I talk to you, God. That I know that you're listening and that you're caring and that you are there for me. I want to have persistence when I pray to God. Right? That I know that answered prayer sometimes takes time. That I keep doing it. That's a regular thing, right? It's not a one-time thing. Oh, I prayed once, now I don't need to pray anymore. It's I pray over and over again. And I also have a heart when I pray, a heart of thanksgiving, a heart of thanksgiving. That when God, you do bless me, I remember to honor you in prayer, to be thankful to you in prayer, to have that heart, that attitude. When we have that attitude, we're pro- we are praying to God and building our relationship, growing in God by talking to Him. Talking to Him the way He wants us to. So that so much is basic. It's fundamental that we need to do this daily, right? That every day we turn to God, talk to Him, build that relationship, a relationship that's reverent, right? That's just so earnest, that's honest, that's with him, that we can share anything and everything with our God. And then you'll see that your relationship with God grows. So that's the second point. The second point, pray to God daily. Pray to God daily. All right, third point. Third point, read the Bible. Read the Bible. Another obvious one, another one that goes without saying, but sometimes we need to say it just for a reminder, right? The most basic thing we can do to learn to live that godly life is to read the Bible, right? The Bible has God's instructions for us, has his words for us. Going back to that same analogy with our fathers, right? We talked about how, hey, if you want a good relationship with your father, you got to show up. You got to talk with your father, right? But the third point, if you're going to have a good relationship with your father, you got to listen to your father, right? Oh, it's great that you talk to him, but if he says all this stuff and you ignore him, how does that make your dad feel, right? Dad's not going to like that, right? Be upset. Oh, I'm trying to share my wisdom with you, as they might say, right? And you're ignoring it. 
And it's true also with uh, any other relationship you have, right? Think about, you know, if there's someone that you really love, that when they say something, you listen, right? You gotta be a listener, right? You have, if so do you guys with a, with a husband or wife, you know that, right? That if they say something and you don't listen and you totally go against it, you get in big trouble, right? You say, what? I thought you would listen. I thought you would listen. For God, it's the same way. He's talking to us back, right? He's talking back to us, and he wants us to listen. And he's given us all this information right here in the Bible. And it's important for every person to have this. Just like it's important to go to church, just like it was important to pray, right? And side note in prayer, I forgot to mention this, but I, like I was saying, prayer was so fundamental that I would say that if there's any Christian that claims, I've got the fundamentals down, and I know it all, and I'm a growing and good Christian, and they say it, but I don't pray. I say that person is wrong. You've got to have prayer. And so the third point, on, right on the same line, if you say, oh, yes, I'm a good Christian, I've got the fundamentals down, I know everything, I, I believe in Jesus forever, but I don't read the Bible. That person is wrong. <laughs> They've got the wrong attitude. You've got to have the Bible if you want to grow as a Christian, if you want to build on that foundation. Why? Because it is our spiritual food. In 1 Peter 2.2, God says this, as newborn babes, right? As babies, right? Desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. You can't get any more obvious and clear than this. You want to grow? You need what? The milk of the word. Why is that? Because this Bible is our spiritual guide. You want to grow in Christ? You want to learn how to be more Christ-like? You need the guide? You need the Bible. Psalm 119.105 says this, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You want to know where to go? You don't want to act? You need the Bible. The Bible tells you how to do it, right? So you can't be a growing Christian without the Bible. So this is a lesson to everybody, right? We're saying people that don't know the fundamentals, that already know the fundamentals, it's the same for everyone. It's an encouragement or reminder. If you don't have the Bible, you don't have growing in Christ. It is that important. It is that basic. It is that fundamental. But yet some of us still don't do it, right? Some of us still miss this point because the hardest point, because the one that forces us to obey, right? It takes time right? It takes time. It takes effort. It takes energy, right? But we need to approach it like this. Number one, we need to pray about our Bible reading. Bible's hard. I know it's hard. It's hard for me. Sometimes you need to pray to God for wisdom. So before you read your Bible, maybe sometimes you want to pray and say, God, you know, help me out here. I, I need your help on this, right? There's a lot of stuff in the Bible. I have no idea. I read it. I do not understand. I read it again. I still don't understand. I read it four times. I don't understand. All I can do is pray. God, give me some wisdom. Help me figure this out, right? Pray about your Bible reading. It's all connected, right? Number two, you got to commit to reading it regularly. Regularly, right? It does not work to read it irregularly, right? Imagine if you're reading just a regular book. You're reading your book in school, some novel or whatever. No one ever goes, I'm going to read chapter one today. And then I'll feel like reading chapter two, you know, five weeks from now. It doesn't work that way, right? No school makes you do it like that, right? Read chapter one today, chapter two is five weeks from now, right? 
Folks, it's the same thing for the Bible. If you just read chapter one today and not going to read it again for like a month and then say, I'll pick up chapter two the next month, right? Guess what? It's not going to work. You're going to forget what happened in chapter one. It's not going to make sense. It's not going to be put together. How do I know this? Because I myself have done that, right? I'm not innocent of that. I've done stuff like say, oh, okay, I'm ready to read the Bible. I read this. And then I forget about it. And I don't read it for a long time. And then I pick it up days later. And I'm like, what am I reading? What is this? This makes no sense. It doesn't work that way. The Bible isn't meant to be read in like teeny tiny chunks. Some of these things are like letters and stuff, right? Like you read something like we started here about Second Peter. It's a letter. You're supposed to read it all as like one letter. That's the way it will make more sense. But sometimes we get it all mixed up and just do it regularly in bits and pieces. We commit ourselves to reading it regularly. And then commit ourselves to following that word. Following that word to say, aha, God, you know, I learned something. Now I've got to do it. And finally, if we don't get it, to seek help. You've got people here at church. That's the whole point of the community, right? A whole community of people to help you, to guide you. Wrapping it up here, the conclusion. Interchange, justification is affected at the moment of salvation. Outer change, a believer's daily walk of sanctification continues through life. That's the quote. All of us here, even you say, I know this is boring, repetitive. You still have a duty to keep doing it, right? Because it's a challenge for our whole life. So hopefully now you guys know these three basics, or you already knew these three basics. The challenge is, can we continue it throughout our whole life? Okay, let's pray. End up with a word of prayer here. Dear God, thank you for these, you know, few basics. I know everyone's going to say, oh yes, we heard this before a million times. We know this already. But I hope it's an encouragement for those of us who aren't doing it already to go do it. Encouragement for those who are already doing it to be ones that encourage others to do it. Lord, we thank you that we have a wonderful God of God of salvation that's given us so much. May we do our best to honor and glorify you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.